Welcome to June Tranma. Thank you, June. This week's Precision Podcast. We're moving through menopause. Well, I still am anyway. <laughs> and, um, and so this week, I'm so thrilled to talk to June. June is an acupuncturist and, uh, and she's, she's thoroughly, thoroughly uh, qualified, uh, a kinesiologist, you name it. I think she can do it. So, uh, but we're going to talk today about acupuncture. So welcome, June. Thank you for coming along and having a chat. Thank me. Thank you for having me, Philippa. It's a real thrill. I love talking. <laughs> but I don't like talking to cameras on their own. I like talking to real people. So this is great. This is, yeah. this is perfect, isn't it? And, you know, if we can say something that helps somebody, then all to the good. That's what I think. Yeah. So uh, let's dive straight in and talk about acupuncture. Now, uh, I'm a physiotherapist by profession. Uh, I think you know this. And uh, I'm trained in Western medical acupuncture. And I must say, I've been doing acupuncture on and off for the last 25 years. And I, I just, I love acupuncture. Now, unfortunately, um, one way and another in, uh, in physiotherapy practice, the uh, NICE guidance has, has been putting a bit of a dampener on some of the acupuncture that, uh, that we do in context of the NHS, which is uh, a shame, I think. Uh, hopefully this is going to uh, to change in the not too distant future but um, we're talking about uh, acupuncture uh, so what is it what is acupuncture June? Well yeah just just to go back to what you just said I think NICE has, has had similar influence on ourselves as traditional Chinese medicine practitioners um, we have been told we can and cannot say that we can treat this that or the other thing so um, what I find interesting is that we're now falling back on our, the way we used to talk, like 30 odd years ago when I trained in 1989, I started my training. Wow. Um, I would always say, people would say, well, can you treat heart conditions? And I go, yes, but I like to treat the person mm. with the heart condition, not the, not the ailment. My training was very much about the landscape of the body, looking at the acupuncture channels as rivers and streams that all link up with each other, but also have links to the internal organs. And therefore, we're not allowed to diagnose, obviously, um, that, that's left to the medical professionals, but we can actually influence, say, for instance, the heart meridian mm. and do the heart good by, mm. by looking after that and keeping it balanced. And so my feeling is, and my understanding and my experience is that um, what we're doing is, is balancing people um, as a whole person. And therefore, all of their symptoms are relevant. Um, they can't just come into us and say, well, I'll just tell you the three main ones. Mm. As doctors often say to people these days, I haven't got time to talk to you about everything. Just give me the three main things. But then how do people know what are the three main things? Maybe something really small and not bothering them that much is the key to understanding what else is going on. So I feel a bit like a detective really sometimes mm. trying to find out what is going on at the root cause yeah. of the symptoms. And that's what I like to think is, we also treat the symptoms. Obviously, if someone comes with a painful shoulder, 
I treat the painful shoulder, but I also look at the whole picture. Yeah, it does come down to the individual, doesn't it? And it's, it is continually, uh, continues to fascinate me, this whole, the interconnectedness of everything. I mean, I think the fact that um, <clears throat> what we're talking about with acupuncture is... Uh, most people will be familiar with the images of uh, needles sticking into people. And we're talking about um, in the context of traditional acupuncture, you mentioned the energy channels or the meridian channels and the thinking that energy is flowing through the body, through the channels um, and, and that something gets a little out of balance and that can create symptoms somewhere in the body. Uh, or even in the in the mind, and and that by addressing imbalances, we can restore, uh, we can resolve problems and restore everything to its uh, normal degree of function. And you know, and I think increasingly Western medicine is having to acknowledge this interconnectedness of everything, uh, the gut microbiome. You know, how how the gut influences the brain, the gut brain connection, you know, up until recently, this this was something that, um, you know, that everything from the neck up was in one camp and, and anything from the neck down was, you know, totally separate functional medicine. Now, functional yes. medicine doctors are looking at the whole person and. And I think this is where we're going to really start to make some inroads in terms of preventing chronic disease. Mm -hmm. If we can intervene soon enough uh, to, to balance the systems, the parasympathetic, the sympathetic nervous system, get those into balance. Uh, and, you know, this would be my, uh, you know, a wonderful thing if we could see it in my lifetime that mm -hmm. uh, you know that people are being viewed in this in the broadest sense uh, because everything everything is interconnected i mean if we're talking about menopause and so if you think of all the um, 30 is it 34 symptoms of menopause from wide ranging uh, systems in the body the digestive system the brain uh, palpitations the skin you know uh, the genital urinary tract, the fact that these uh, wide ranging symptoms are all connected to the fact that we're losing estrogen. Uh, you know, it seems crazy that you can only go to the doctor with three or if you're lucky, normally they want you to narrow it down to one, one. Uh, you know, discrete problem. Yeah. Uh, and menopause is definitely not like that, is it, Jane? No, no and it, that's the beauty of traditional Chinese medicine because we look at everything in terms of a syndrome. It's not, it's not just one problem. It is a collection of things that add up to, mm -hmm. to that. And the menopause is a state of transition, and that's the thing to remember. It's not an illness. Mm -hmm. It's not a it's not the end of our womanhood, you know, as some, some women see it. It's a, a transition from childbearing age to being a mature, respected, dare I say it, citizen in the community, a, a wise woman. And, and I think we need to bring that back if we, once upon a time, our culture did have it. Mm -hmm. and it's is very much present in in other cultures in the world that older women have wisdom 
they have experience, they have knowledge, and um, and they're worth listening to. Wow, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yay to that. Yes. So how, how would you go about tackling um, the symptoms like hot flushes, say, for instance? Okay, well, well, you know, on, on the long list, as you said, of, of so many things, we can look in Chinese medicine at um, the imbalances in certain um, areas. Uh, we call them the Zhang Fu, the internal organs, which govern all the meridians. So um, with, the, with the hot flushes, you've got a basic yin yang kind of imbalance going on there. And, and really, I mean, if we're talking Western hormonal groups, You've got your estrogen, your progesterone fighting it out to get to a lower level in both cases. And, and it's the relationship between the two that is the issue, in my opinion, not, not just the drop of estrogen, but the progesterone has to drop too. Mm. And, and they need to be in a different sort of a balance mm. once we're past childbearing age. So um, it's, that's, it's a bumpy road sometimes. But the hot flushes are very much linked with the insomnia you see. Oh, yeah. Because in terms of Chinese medicine, what you've got is the heart energy needs to go down and be cooled at night. Although we do get a little surge of heat, generally speaking, mm-hmm. people do during the night. And this is where the yin is not holding the yang down oh. and the surge of heat becomes too much. The yin is the cool part of us. The yang is the warm, fiery, go-ahead part of us. And um, I don't like to um, be too much dualistic about this, but it is a useful way of looking at things. And I don't definitely don't like to say yin is female and yang is male because we've all got both in us. Um, And and so really what we need to do is we need to balance the heart. We need to soothe the heart. And that also again links in with the anxiety you know, you can change the the hot and cold balance in your system with food because ah. certain foods produce heat mm-hmm. in the body and certain foods cool you down. Yeah. Now, of course, depending on the weather, it's cold and damp here today in York. And I wouldn't really recommend people to eat salads right now. Um, I think it, it's much a better idea to have something warm like soup, baked foods, you know, warming foods but if you're menopausal you need to balance those easily digested foods with something that's energetically cooling so we give out lists of foods um and this is where interestingly um it does merge with 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 western ideas lately they've been saying try having more soya products it's because they're yin nourishing hafu particularly is very good is it not uh, it, yeah, tofu is not something that's usually on my radar. Lots of people don't like it. <laughs> it can be made to be interesting, though. So it, it can be used in curries. I mean, see, if you have a curry, a cooling thing that they put on the side of it is banana, yogurt, cucumber. Those are all things that will cool down a curry. And salt and pepper. Salt's cooling, pepper's warming. So you can adjust the temperature of your food. It's not just about taste, it's about temperature as well. And I think we know all these things traditionally in in ourselves, we understand them, but we don't know why we're using these things. They're just kind of habits now. 
what I found, you talk about salt being cooling, but actually that's if, if I wanted a hot flush, all I have to do is have something salty and away I go. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, and particularly um, for me, nighttime is the time when I'll get overheated if, if and not during the day at all. Uh, and to be honest, it's not even that bad anymore. But um, uh, but if I have something salty, I'll wake in a, with a palpitations and uh, and in a sweat at that point, some point in the night. That's interesting. So so yes. Yeah, so what is it that's making your body react to the salt? Mm. Mm. Don't yes. know. Anyway, you can think about that, June. <laughs> I will have a think about that. Indeed, I will. Get back to me yeah. on that one. But yeah. it's interesting. Um, you talk about you know the the fact that your hot flushes, insomnia, anxiety, depression. You kind of lump them all together as being something that maybe would we be talking about a particular formulaic treatment that would apply in that in that situation? Well, we, we tend to tailor the treatment to the individual person. So this is the tricky thing mm. because we say that and then we say, well, yes, but you can use this, this, this point for that particular problem with, with a person. So, so yeah, I mean, for sleep, I, I often um, advise people to massage the inside corner of the elbow. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, just, just on the inside of the edge of the elbow there, you oh. go over the, um, oh, what's the name of that bone? Memory is another menopausal symptom. Well, it's, it's the, uh, the medial epicondyle. That's it. I, the epicondyle did come to mind. I'm not, not going to say that because I might be wrong. <laughs> yes. A, it's, yeah. I think, I think golfer's elbow. Yes. Yes. Where are we on that bony point? Yes, you go just over into the fleshy part. That's a really good one for just helping calm the mind yeah. and, and get you ready for, for sleeping. And of course, getting away from electronic gadgets and, mm -hmm. and all of that useful stuff. Um, can, can we just talk about acupressure then? Because, you know, of course, acupuncture is something that you would have to go and see a professional to get to access yeah. to. But um, I know from my own perspective, I've treated, you know, there are people that are not suited to needling and therefore you, you might use acupressure. I think you're right. A lot of people just feel very nervous of needles. And, and I think um, once they realize that how gentle they are, they're usually okay. But, but certainly if it's going to create more anxiety, you, that's not what you want. So you need to work up to it. And this is where I use magnets a lot. I have little tiny oh I've got some here actually they're um little tiny um oh. magnets on a strip on a on a see-through little uh mm. you can hardly see it they're so tiny but they're 800 gauss which is quite strong um and they can just sit there on the point and do the work equivalent to an, a needle over a period of of a couple of days you don't want to leave them on longer than, than two mm -hmm. or three days so of course we're not suggesting people go out and buy these things and no buy no no else. they you need know. to be prescribed by a proper person but but acupressure i mean we i don't think we can do ourselves harm by by acupressuring ourselves can we june you're frowning <laughs> 
I again, I think it would have to be um, advised and under supervision of someone. Which point? Really? Because, yeah, I mean, there are books out there that are teach yourself acupressure books. So mm -hmm. we we can't um, legislate for for what people might do once they read those books. Um, and and the people who've written them have done it in all good faith and you know very responsible practitioners. But I I do I do think it's yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky because I myself advise people. And like I said, when they go home, you're never really quite sure what they're going to do with your advice. And you you can't do harm too much. Although, I mean, I suppose you can overdo things, you know, mm -hmm. if you if you take to rubbing an acupuncture point. I mean, this is the case in point with earrings. You know, it was the mm -hmm. Chinese um, pirates, apparently, who, who wanted to have better vision across the oceans. So they got the acupuncture point on the ear for the eye punctured on a permanent basis, oh. which of course would work for a few days, but then it would wear off and then that point is rendered useless. That, that's the story. I, I have no idea whether it's true or not. It's like all these mythology, you know, somebody got shot in the shoulder with an arrow and then they discovered that that acupuncture point cured oh. poor shoulder issues mm -hmm. you know it, it's like yeah well who knows thousands of years ago this might have happened and the stories just get passed down don't they well that's true isn't it I mean I suppose I do I do like the idea of things that we can do to help ourselves um, but you're quite right it's important that um, because the heart meridian um, you know is contraindicated certain points are contraindicated if you had heart trouble say for instance so it's it is important that you are seeking um, appropriate advice if you're going to be using these kinds of treatments uh, but that knowing that it's out there and that there are things that can help us so what about uh, treatment of bladder bladder kinds of issues genital urinary is this something that you you have experience of yeah now we're talking about the lower abdomen there's there's so much more because of course the bowels get disrupted don't they mm. things get generally drier on the inside and on the outside mm. so this is where the yin nourishing foods come in again they, they can help moisten things so i'm a lifelong avoider of bananas because of my treatment of children Oh, yeah. And, and trying to keep bananas out of my house while my children were so very snotty. What's because they can bananas? bananas can create more moisture in the body. And if you're already really snotty, it's not terribly helpful. Oh, but but see, for menopause, they could be useful. Oh, I have a banana every day, June. Love it. Ah, well, there you go. You're doing something right. So they're, they're cooling and moistening, you see. And that's why they grow in hot, dry places. Oh, that's yeah. Yes, yeah, nature provides. You know, they're not really meant to be shipped to cold, damp countries like ours, but they are at the moment. So take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, you know, things things that are cooling and um, and nurturing like that are are useful. Um, so, uh, forgive me for my ignorance, but in terms of food energetics, uh, cool are cooling foods always cold or can we warm them up? Aha, uh -huh. well, the method of, of cooking them does alter them, yes. Mm. And, and if people are really, really keen on having bananas, they can reduce the dampness by baking them. Oh, wow. 
So they'll still have their goodness in them. The, the um, potassium and, and the fiber will still be there, but it will be sort of pre-digested so they're not so hard to digest. So that, that, that makes it easier for people. Mm -hmm. So, that, change, so yeah. that changes the properties then, doesn't it? Yeah. So to cool ourselves down with food, bananas you mentioned, soy you mentioned, what else did you, did you mention? Yes, Gavrik Leggett, he's one of my colleagues, he's written a lovely book called Helping Ourselves. Oh. And it's got lovely lists for all sorts of different um, aspects. And it's got a list of not so common foods and common foods, you know, quite a variety of foods in the back and their properties and which meridians they influence. Oh. So yeah, so, so what I normally say to people who are getting hot flushes is try and cut out things oh. that are heating. Oh. Heating things, yeah, so, so spicy things often, um, but some spices are very good for moving stuck energy and if you might need some moving um but yeah alcohol as you as you mentioned before mm -hmm. different kinds of alcohol are more heating than others oh. wine for example is more heating than beer and then spirits are yet more heating than than wine so oh. i mean it's, it's got to do with the amount of alcohol levels in it i oh. think oh. um chocolate of course bless it lovely lovely chocolate? everybody loves chocolate oh. but it can be very heating coffee and tea um the the caffeine and the tannin can can take energy up they're they're very much an upward kind of moving thing although coffee actually moves the bowels too so you know <laughs> it moves things downwards well, too well well so this is this is the fascinating thing isn't it with with regards yeah. to food we are going a little bit off off but uh, but still talking about this energy uh, management really um, I was listening to a podcast only this week uh, about uh, the fact that you and I, uh, June, are more likely to share DNA than we are to have uh, even one gut microbe that is the same. Wow. Did you know this? So, yeah, it's an absolute fact that we, we, we could be fourth cousins. In, in fact, we might well be. But yep. uh, but the the likelihood of us sharing the same gut microbiome but microbiota is is far far greater removed, and um, and so this is the thing that not only are foods different in the way in which they are inherently, but in fact the way in which they react with us as individuals, and so this. This, you know, what we talk about an, an individualized approach to wellness, mm. an individualized approach to uh, health is actually, uh, you know, the way that, that we should be moving. We can't do the same thing for everyone and, and it have the same mm. result. So, yeah. you know, a bit, so some of the, the thinking around uh, nutrition is, uh, is going to be uh, good for a lot of people, but perhaps not for everybody. Nothing's um, good for everybody, so, exactly, well, right. And so finding yeah. what works for you uh, mm. by experimentation, I think it seems to be the only way to do it. I know that there are some tests available, but still the, these have been shown to be limited, uh, mm. you know, in the help that they provide. Um, but the particular doctor that was talking was fortunate enough to be a researcher and uh, came upon some health troubles and just ended up being his own guinea pig. 
you know, and, and found a formula that worked for him. But he, he was very clear that the, the formula that worked for him wouldn't necessarily work for everybody because of this fact. And so I think this is the more we can get in touch with uh, the way that our bodies react with situations, with people, with food, with with the weather, you know, I mean, what, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that really does come back to this traditional uh, philosophies that have been around for centuries where people were, that's how they evolved through experimentation, uh, you know, through trial and error, uh, mm-hmm. not through randomized controlled trials. No, it's observation, and that's true science as well, you see. I mean, it, it's actually, it, it upsets me when people say, well, um, I believe in science, and your stuff isn't scientific. I go, well, yes, it is. It's its own kind of science, and it's about observation. Mm-hmm. You observe constantly what's going on, and you can generalize about some things, but a lot of things do have to be, and this is why we take the pulses, and we look at the tongue, every treatment and I take the pulses throughout a treatment to see how a person is reacting to the treatment because things do change very quickly. When you start moving energy and and balancing things out, you can really feel the difference in the pulses and you can get the person's own feedback because they can sense things going on. But we're not accustomed to listening to our bodies much, are we, in this culture? And I think we're, we're starting to. But um, it, it takes some time and some practice. And so getting in tune, diving deeper inside of ourselves um, is, yeah. is, a, is a good thing. Yeah. And going back to what you said about the bladder, I don't think I properly answered that. We, I do work on the abdomen, particularly. I do cupping on the abdomen, which is oh. another part of traditional Chinese medicine, but very gentle. I never leave horrible big red marks on people. I, I feel that's not necessary. Um, and, and, and actually you can draw out sometimes cold, you know, this is, this is one of the weird things. Cold can get into the body in the abdomen very easily and can sit there for years. If we've had abdominal surgery, if we had a cesarean section, or if we've had, you know, a chill on our tummy when we were very small, it can, it can get in there and interfere and it doesn't show up years till years later. So the root cause of hot flushes might actually be cold in the abdomen. But yeah, I mean, that's what I would do is I'd look, I'd look at the lower abdomen and work on that. But there's also this thing called irritable bladder syndrome. Yes. Yeah. That um, a doctor I met years ago, back in the 90s, was one of the um, researchers into that. And he discovered that it was a lack of progesterone. That cause the bladder to be irritable. Irritable bladder can be, it can be a factor. Uh, connection between connective tissue and uh, bladder function. And then mm-hmm. the hormone shifts is, uh, is, is very real. And, yeah. um, and, and so, I mean, you know, the, the idea for me that replacing that to a certain extent with uh, replacement therapy to, uh, to protect those structures, the collagen fibers, the structures go some way, but we know that the levels are not going to be the same as they were when we were in our reproductive years. So, uh, so that there are still things that we need to be doing and, and, uh, and definitely the pelvic floor exercises from, uh, from a physio perspective is something that can be very 
beneficial. And I know that um, from an acupuncture point of view, we can we can kind of tone the bladder, can't we? With with some points, uh, tone mm-hmm. the bladder and and change, uh, you know, urgency, uh, frequency uh, mm-hmm. type conditions yeah. with uh, with with acupuncture. Um, and also, what about uh, vaginal? Uh, anything to do with vaginal issues? Well, yes. I mean, the the thing about the um, the spleen, which I haven't even gone into yet, <laughs> my favorite subject, it's to do with the um, the energy of the the spleen in Western medicine is about red blood cells, right? Mm-hmm. But in Chinese medicine, it's to do with the absorption of energy from the food that we take in Mm. and making it available to the rest of the system Mm. but it also holds things up and keeps things flowing in the blood in the blood vessels so anybody suffering from a damaged spleen energy Mm. can suffer from prolapses from hemorrhoids varicose veins um this kind of waking up late at night and not feeling able to sleep and then being drowsy in the morning, that kind of thing. It's a very characteristic spleen situation. Um, and, and often people will have food sensitivities going along with that. Um, so yeah, any, any problems with, with prolapses or, or pain or tension down there, I would look at the liver and the spleen meridians. Mm-hmm. There are points on the leg, on the lower leg that, that address that particular area that are in the liver family of wow. points yeah um, and the spleen obviously you know to hold things up yeah yeah and I mean I kind of I I, I I like those general they're kind of general rules of thumb aren't they you know the principles there's uh, the element theory the wood the water uh, you know is that does that feed into that absolutely absolutely yeah I, I love the five elements that was my original introduction to acupuncture through kinesiology mm. and that's what got me interested in studying acupuncture fabulous grounding in um in in tcm which kind of historically moved away from the five elements and kind of looked at more because they brought it over to to the uk in the 70s um and the, the people who brought it over were going well i don't know whether this kind of philosophy stuff the background stuff is gonna gonna wash with western medical doctors so we'll dilute it a little bit and make it more palatable okay that trend has continued sadly and i feel like it's become more and more reduced to give us a set of points that are triggered you know trigger points for instance Mm. Uh, give us a set of points that are good for shoulder pains and, Mm. and hip pains and things like this and I think you lose so much when you reduce things to that kind of level, although they can still have an effect. Mm. But the five elements is fabulous because you've got the wood, which is the liver and the gallbladder over in the east. And the wood feeds the fire, which mm. is which is in the, at the top in the north, which is, you know, to them, their maps are upside down yeah, or our maps are upside down. And then you go around to the earth element, the, the fire feeds the earth because the, the, all the, um, the minerals from the burnt wood go mm. in to nourish the soil. Mm. And then the soil, the, uh, the earth feeds the, the uh, metal element, which is, you know, and you, you, get, you get precious minerals and crystals and things out of, out of the earth. And then you go round to water, whereas the minerals give the water life and vitality. 
-hmm. and and then the water nourishes the wood and so it goes round like that and that that flow goes on all throughout our lives i mean we start at birth with the eight extraordinary meridians mm. forming the the little fetus and and they're still there inside us after we've been born but they're not that functional anymore they're just kind of dormant in the background um, but we still have points that work through those eight extra meridians and they, um, they help, especially at times like this with the menopause, you can work um, very deeply on things instead of just superficially. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, like all these things, we could, um, we could dig, dig deeper. <laughs> many layers. Many yeah, layers. many layers. But uh, yeah, there are, there are some general principles that we can use to, to help people. And, um, and so thank you so much. I think, I think it's a really good place for us to, uh, to call a halt to proceedings for today. But I think we could talk again in the future if, if you were free. I'd um, love that, yeah. And uh, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, and thank you. You're welcome. Really Let enjoyable. It's a lot more fun when there's two of you, put it that way. Absolutely. Well, I hope people get something out of it. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Thank you so much for your time, okay. Jean. Thank you. Thank you.